0: Welcome to the United We Stand podcast, I'm Andy Mitton, I'm with San Diego, California ahead of the game between United and Wrexham, well a young United team and probably a full strength Wrexham team who probably would be league one standard even though they've just been promoted to league two, just given the number of players and the type of players at the buy-in and uh, that's a professional opinion rather than mine, someone who's involved in the game tonight. I'm with lots of reds in san diego harbor and this podcast is brought to you in association with betfred fred do opened his first shop in salford in 1967
1: and just talking to different united fans and enjoying meeting them across america what's your name mate my name is bryce gazetta where are you from i'm born and raised here in san diego california
0: describe manchester united support in san diego
1: it's doing well we've been growing we have a, a, a specific supporters club we've grown a lot in the last couple of seasons um you know at the earliest games, they're 4:30 in the morning. We can get around eight people there, but for the big games, the FA Cup final, we get around 200 people. So we're growing, and we are really trying to get more members involved as well.
0: Are you one of the people who does the early morning starts? I'm always there.
1: Oh yeah, rain or shine, doesn't. doesn't Four matter. o'clock in the morning. Four o'clock. What do you do for a living to allow that to happen? I'm very fortunate to work remotely. I do sales, but I'm also a professional singer on the side. You're a singer. I'm a singer. What type of songs do you sing? I can do anything. I, I, I get paid mostly for classical stuff. I, I sing with the San Diego Symphony, but I've also been lucky to travel the world. I've sung in Ireland, England. I've sung in Italy. I sang for the Pope, actually, believe it or not, one time. And, really? Uh, yeah. Pope Benedict Sixteenth. And uh, actually, after I sang for him, he resigned a couple weeks later. So either he got tired of these Americans coming over to sing for him or he finally knew he reached his peak and was going to step out of the game. Right. So you should sing for Pep Guardiola then.
0: Hopefully <laughs>
1: you can do that and he can uh... What could you sing for us now? Um, What are your favourites? What are popular? Yeah, I mean, we could always do some pop music. How about The Temptations? Some My Girl? Yeah. Yeah. I've got sunshine on a cloudy day When it's cold outside I've got the month of May Well, I guess you say What can make me feel this way? my girl my girl my girl talking about my girl my girl
0: mixed with new order in the background yes. that is the first fantastic mix i've heard of that well this podcast has taken a unusual turn back to manchester united How are you feeling about this season
1: i'm feeling pretty positive i'm, I'm excited um eric took has really brought in a lot of authority i like what he's doing with recruitment as well we'll see if any more signings come through or how that's going to change out but I, I'm liking his tactics and we've seen Jaden Sancho as a false nine the last couple of games So maybe that will continue into the season You're
0: Playing well isn't
1: it? I asked the manager about that last night at the press conference
0: And I just said Jaden Sancho has been playing as a false nine for the last couple of matches Is this something in your thinking? And I think mean, he wants a striker absolutely but he... he he about the tactics and the way he wants his players to run in behind, but mm. he did say that he feels that Jaden's best position is a central one. Yeah, but that was quite interesting. It is
1: interesting. Now, when, when you say you talked to the manager, was yeah. that Eric or was that Bruno? It was Eric.
0: <laughs> that was Eric. Well, I like your style. I was going to say about uh, if Eric would have pulled me up from a question the other day, because after the match he did, but in yeah. a nice way, I was going to say that Bruno was looking more like the manager against Arsenal. Did you see him telling Eric off on the oh, yeah. sidelines? I did not actually yeah, have that yeah. one. So I'm, 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 I'm having Bruno Fernandes being a manager in 10 years' time. Yeah. But yeah, that was funny. I like I like his humour, Eric. Mm. I mean, he's clearly serious. He's clearly a disciplinarian. But I think there's a nice line in humour there where you can have a laugh with him. And uh, Well, I had a laugh with him the other day and it was all my fault. And yeah. Another one I did with him. In December, We spoke to him for a long time. And when the tape record went off, I said to him, which player from Dutch football history would you like at Manchester United? And he went, Cruyff, of course. I went, whoa, 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 I've not finished my question. I said, "Um, apart from Cruyff. And I said, for example, you could choose someone uh, like Arnold Murren, who was a great Manchester United player. But you're not allowed anyone from 20, FC20, that's his club. Okay. And he just listened to me and went, Arnold Muram played for (laughs) FC20. He's sharp, he's sharp. He's sharp. He's sharp. sharp. You you, you wouldn't get to become manager of Manchester United if you you weren't sharp. Of course. He's on it. Well, nice to meet you, mate. And thanks for singing the Temptations. Appreciate it, Andy. Where are they from,
1: the Temptations, originally? They're from Detroit. So so all that Detroit sound. Motown. Well, I mean... I've been been to the original studio. It's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. the music of Motown. I mean, it's it's the music of America. Jazz. That's it's one of our great contributions to the world when it comes to music. Yeah, I would
0: agree with that. And all the songs that came out of there, and all the 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 wonderful. There was a couple of writers who weren't as famous who Mm -hmm. wrote. Oh yeah. Like the majority of them. Yeah. And then in more recent years, the culture from Detroit and Chicago with house music impacted. Mm -hmm. First of all, Manchester in, in the UK, oh, yeah. in a club called the Hacienda, and then spread out. So that all came out of Detroit in the US as well. So well, yeah, Detroit, the Motown sounds absolutely fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. Anyway, we'll get back to football. So just introduce yourself,
2: where are you from? Hello, uh, yeah, my name is Steve Fisher, I live in Vancouver Island, British Columbia. Uh, I think a few of you will know me from uh, games around the world. And uh, yeah, good to see Andy again and having a great time on the boat. Amazing.
0: So you've got a T-shirt on here which says Manchester United the Magnificent and it looks like a packed terrace. Where, where is
2: that? That is the away end at uh, Saint-Étienne in 1977. Yeah. Were you there? I was there,
0: yeah. Is that your flag?
2: Yeah, that's my flag. Is that it's, That's the one that you saw last night. Yeah? Right. Yeah. It, although the, this is a lot redder because it was new, that, that, that you know. It was actually made for the 1976 Cup final. The one we lost to Southampton. Love
0: it. So how long have you been out here, what's your story? well
2: i'm only doing two i'm doing
0: the two no, I mean, in, the, in, in canada oh I, I emigrated about 1970 late late 79 8, and where were you from in the uk i was born in Didsbury, uh
2: lived there till i was 21. You
0: know. so you're in manchester you grew up in manchester yeah, what yeah.
2: sort of era uh dad took me well i think I, he wasn't a football man but i pleaded for him to take me to a match when i was eight uh, so my earliest recollection was actually shouting to David Hurd in 1963, I would imagine it was, yeah. probably the FA Cup Final.
0: Yeah. I don't really remember twice, watching the it, match. David, David? scored twice I in know. the FA Cup Final, David.
2: Yeah. Anyway, I was shouting his name, I remember that as a lad. And then I begged beg my dad to take me in 1964, I don't know the game, but I was on his shoulders in the scoreboard and, you know, pre roof and the great uncle, my no, my uncle Ken was a. Uh, he's from Sale, and he was a season ticket holder in the cancer lever. Uh, I I just sort of feel like I'm born born United, you know. So you went all the games as a
0: young lad, and yeah, then, home
2: and away. Well, say you know a lot of home games, fourteen to seventeen. Uh, again, early recollection of being in the in the tunnel sixty nine for the. Uh, the game against I think an 68th Milan, we lost two in the semi. Yeah,
0: it's a long time ago.
2: And Dennis Law scored or he didn't score.
0: Controversial game, yeah. And um, Paddy, Paddy Crowan maintains to this day that the referee was bought for, for yeah. that match. Yeah. And why did you emigrate? Did you go straight from Manchester to Canada?
2: Yeah, uh, that was actually my father emigrated. Well, it's a very long story, Andy, but we had um, my the, the first instance of any of my family in Vancouver Island was. In 1943, I think my great uncle was, was an RAF flight sergeant and he was teaching Canadian lads to fly during the war. And he just recognised the just the, the, the fantastic natural beauty of the Vancouver Island. I'm sure it's absolutely touched at that time. Yeah. So yeah. You, you thought there was more so, so it, Well, he went, and then somebody came in the 50s. Somebody came in the 60s. My dad emigrated in the 70s, and I was engaged, and I was halfway through an apprenticeship, so I stayed in England about three, four more years. Apprenticeship ended ended it with the bird, and whoop, off I came to Canada for a two week holiday like wow it was like this you know it was just amazing and uh I decided then I was going to actually follow my family mm-hmm. and, uh, and emigrate so that's what I did I got here just about 1979 late
0: 79 how often would you go back for matches to, to
2: well that changes over the years you know it's not been as much this last few years oh, COVID and I've retired so my income is not what it was yeah, so, yeah. so you go through different stages in life but I've been back a lot I've been back a lot I've seen you at London to games yeah, over the years. yeah you and me have seen a few times. yeah, yeah for sure. and away I, was in, I was in China I was in Thailand I was in Mexico uh, what well, well, else? Early games, I was at well, Saint Etienne obviously in the t shirts Before that, I was at the IX game. I've done numerous finals. I was in Stockholm for the Europa. So it's sort of a you know big game red. But also I'll go back for Christmas, try and get three games, things like that. But I've not been back
0: for a couple of years. Feel being away from going to the games all the time strengthens your feelings for Manchester United, or,
2: or makes it more difficult, or has it changed over time? Because I don't, I don't think every my, game's on telly now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good question. I, you know, I don't really, I don't really feel that like my my fanaticism has always been pretty high. Yeah. I've always, you know, I can remember screaming blue murder when I we was 13 the team because somebody wouldn't let me go to a match yeah. at that time, or a particular day, or something that was on in the family. Nice, green Blue murder that day, I had a not I couldn't go. And so I, I don't know where it came from, but it, you know, but my great-granddad did. The stories are that he was United when he came from Newton Eve to United a very, very, very early days. I've got family that watched United for, for years before. Yeah, like sure. yeah, so it's in the family for sure. Finally
0: feeling good about the season.
2: Yeah, it's looking really promising. Obviously, uh, I think everybody's happier about the transfer situation. They seem to be getting confused done a little bit earlier, which I think is a good thing. Obviously, having most of the new signings are here. And I've been on that many US stores and we don't see the new signings maybe until the very, very last match. So that's been good and I think that helps because it, seems, it just seems a little bit organised to get the players in and then they can get a few games in before the, before the season starts. So I I've think
0: been, I've been impressed by that. Thank you.
3: Uh, Nicola Wales uh, from Redondo Beach, California.
0: Hi. Why United?
3: I mean, they're the best, of course. <laughs> um, no, born and raised in California. My dad grew up in Essex, huge Manchester United fan. Um, you know, born into it. He probably would have put me up for adoption if I had supported anyone else. But no, they're the best. I mean, I basically came home from the hospital in a Manchester United onesie. So, you know, there you go. The rest is history. <laughs> so
0: when United play on these tours, I see you on them. You,
3: yes. Oh, yes. They do a couple. Yeah. Yep.
0: And how do you watch games normally?
3: Um, usually, so I grew up going, you know, especially over in California, the time change. I would go to bars with my dad at four in the morning and we would watch the games and um, I still do that now, you know, go to local local games, local pubs, um, meet with other supporters and yeah, it's great. There's no other club like it. What do
0: your friends think?
3: Oh, well, <laughs> um, so a couple of my friends whose parents were also from England, I mean, we're all die-hard United fans, but yeah, some of them, especially the ones that didn't grow up with it, you know, they don't really get it, but the ones that do, you know, they, I mean, it's in our blood, so you know it's just it's like also to the camaraderie like the people that you meet I mean look at us today it's just everyone together having a good time the support the love I mean there's nothing else like it
0: what's your highlight as a United fan
3: oh my gosh um I mean honestly I being young just learning learning the chants, learning the songs when I was young I mean Some of the best ones, Come On You Reds, was like one of the very first songs I ever learned. I think, I used to joke when kids were learning like nursery rhymes, my dad was teaching me the song. So that, I mean, just sharing that with my dad, I think is just something super special to me that um, I'm just super grateful for. So it's just a
0: father-daughter bonding as well? Oh yes, oh
3: yes, absolutely, I mean, just, especially to see him so passionate about it. I mean, you know, my dad. He's, like I said, he's been a supporter since he was a, since he was a young lad, and he is, you know, one of the biggest uh, memorabilia collectors, you know, programs, pins in the world. And just to see how passionate he is about it, I, it just makes me super passionate about it too. And um, yeah, that bond that we share is like super important. So you're
0: getting up at stupid times to watch oh, matches. Yes.
3: Oh yes. Oh, I mean, fit into like work life. Three in the morning, three thirty in the morning. I mean, that's what I said. You grow up with it. I mean, it's just part of life.
0: A job? How do? Thankfully,
3: I work remote, so I work from home. Thank God. (laughs) Otherwise, yeah, getting up at that time and then going to work might be a little hard. But um, I work with military veterans, so I I help them with their disability benefits. But I work remote, so it's you know be able to do that and then come home and you know maybe sleep for an hour or two and then work and make it, make it
0: work, make it happen. <laughs> I'm now at the stadium, the Snapdragon in San Diego, beautiful sunny day, 12 to 20 odd thousand, surrounded by huge car parks, car lots they call them here. Wrexham have given it a right go here in terms of promoting themselves, giving away free food. The Welsh tourist Board is all intertwined with the, the Hollywood, um, Wrexham stuff it's a nice atmosphere it's pretty genteel here. there's not even any of the the big um tailgating that we saw when we were in uh new york a couple of days ago i've just bumped into a young gentleman wearing in a manchester united shirt with what's it say on the back mountain
4: no yes mate uh danny mountain here um come to watch the uh manchester united and Dortmund game and uh, yeah, looks like it's going to be a good game all, all round, and I think that we're going to dominate and uh, like to see as many chances as possible. So I want, I want to see, uh, I want to see Rashford uh, perform well today. That's what I want to see. Okay.
0: So this is going to be a pretty young team tonight. I think I'm not sure whether the first team players are going to play. And Wrexham are obviously promoting themselves big, and then we've got the Dortmund game in Las Vegas, so that, that Rashford will definitely be playing over there
4: for the final game of this US tour. And where are you from originally? Originally from London, mate. Um, I've been out here now for the past 16 years, and um, yeah, so far so good. Living the dream, as they say. What were you doing in the UK before you came here? So, I actually do porn for a living. I'm, really? a, I'm a porn star, and um, I was doing porn for four years back in uh, in England, in Europe, and then I've been doing it for another 16 years out here in the US. So, at what point did you decide you want to become a porn star? What, were you a porn star when you were 16? No, no, no. So, so I, I, I played for um, Southampton Football Club. I got picked up at the age of nine years old. Yeah. And I was with them for uh, six years yeah. and I uh, played for England Schoolboys for two of them years. Yeah. And um, and then I, I had an injury uh, down my ACL on my left left knee and um, and uh, and then I went to uh, Wickham Wanderers after that. I was yeah. there for nine months. and. Um, and yeah, my knee was never really the same after that. So when I got released from Wickham, there was a few teams in, teams interested, but um, I had a good good uh, uh, offer with, uh, w- with with my uncle in um, in, in construction, and uh, I just fell out of love with football, to be honest with you. So I got I got into construction for a couple of years, but then I realised that weren't for me either. So I got into uh, got into porn. I had an How did you get into porn? Where, where, so, so, where did the opportunities so, come so, from? So, so I knew a couple of glamour models yeah. from, from my area and um, and I I ended up sleeping with one of them and then um, they, they, uh, they told me that their agent was trying to, uh, was holding a casting, sorry, for, uh, for, for dudes, for guys. He was looking for the next big porn star in the UK. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, I, I, they gave me the number. I called, called, the, called the guy, um, his name's Ken. And uh, to this day I call him dad, bless him, because he ain't got no children, he calls me son. He took me all around Europe, we went Barcelona, went Prague a bunch, um, everywhere. And um, I was very grateful for him and so yeah that was that was january 7th 2004 i turned up there was uh, eight fellas there to, to, to do the audition to and um i made sure that i was the first one to go first there was the, the, the girl came walking out the and she said uh, out the makeup chair she said right i'm ready who's going first i said i'm going first i stood up right two other fellas stood up i said so gentlemen, sit down i said you got two oaks bob open no oak and um, listen when I was at 19 I had kahunas like that you know, I mean, now now I've <laughs> got just two taking I, a now i got t- I got two kids so I, I think about everything but you know what I mean but back then no way I went I went in the mood to stir anyone's porridge so I wanted to go first <laughs> so
0: you go first and someone's watching you and judging you and thinking oh, yeah, you're, you're good at this
4: you're good camera guys listen to be honest with you I was only nervous about the talking Right. As you can tell, I'm brand new now. The confidence is there with the talking, but when to begin with, it was just talking on camera. I found it difficult. I just I couldn't control my face, my my mouth or anything. Like it was it was weird. The the sex was always easy. Just put a woman in front of me. I'm gonna fuck her. But um, but yeah, it was it was the, the talking. But I got used to it after a couple of months. My I was I was fine with that. And
0: so you got the gig. You started acting in films.
4: Yes, I started acting. in films. I've done over 500 porn films. Wow. wow. And over five. I've done over. I've done over. 2800 scenes so i've fucked nearly 3000 well i fucked over 3000 women i'm just at 39 last week so i thought we'd be talking about like tactics and formations here. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? so so what what's a working week like for you i mean you... well in my 20s i would work five six sometimes seven days a week sometimes doing two scenes a day but right now like a busy week for me still like five days Um, I tried to turn two scenes a day down, you know what I mean? It's not really for me anymore. But a good week, honestly, I don't want to work more than three days a week, even if it's two days. I train jiu-jitsu now, I love jiu-jitsu, so I never thought rolling around on the floor with a man would be so much fun, but it is, it's like a human game of chess, you know what I mean? So, listen, whenever I'm not working, I'm rolling. Are you well known within your industry? Yeah, of course, everyone everyone knows me in my industry. Some of them love me, some of them hate me, but if you you don't have haters, you're not doing anything right.
0: so how does your industry monetize itself now? You're getting paid to do the films. Is it all like OnlyFans and this type of...
4: Yeah, well, I get paid uh, separately by companies, okay. production companies when I go and work. Um, mm-hmm. But this week, uh, I worked yesterday, I worked tomorrow. It's only it's a slow week this week. I worked tw- twice this week. So those two scenes, 900 a scene, that's S- $1,800. So, like that. so last week I worked four, four, de- four days. I made 3600 last week. You know i mean and then my only fans anywhere between 10 15 grand a month wow yeah so i don't and i don't touch that you know what i mean i just don't leave that
0: so. and you have a partner yeah whoever. i've got a
4: girlfriend too she's in the industry too yeah. um two of my two i've got two ex-wives too they're both famous sponsors got a baby with one of them my daughter which four, is 14 now she's going into high school Next, next, uh, next well, Is next
0: there any envy before. seeing your partner or working in the industry? No, nah, nah, nah. like, no. I'm,
4: like I'm like a 60s hippie, mate. Yeah. I'm pushing her out the door. When, she's, when she has work, I'm just yeah. out the door. I'm like, I know money, go and have fun. Uh, come as many times as you can. <laughs> uh, just just make sure that after... Do you enjoy uh, it? Uh, do I? I do. I have times where I love it and I have times where I fucking hate it. It's like deja vu, you know what I mean? It's like Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah. Um, and you've always been a United fan? No, do you know what it is? My, my dad yeah. was a top, well, I used to be a Tottenham fan, but my mum and dad separated when I was six years old. And my next-door neighbour, him and his family, were all Man United. It was like 91, 92. So, and i never seen my dad after that, so i I become a Man United fan. And when then you were six? Literally, yes. No, well, seven, seven years old. And then... Um, then you started playing. The, yeah, so. yeah, well, I was already playing like, locally. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was doing really well. I was playing for... Um, for for Slough um, for Slough Borough and whatnot and then Southampton come and spotted me and Chelsea were the ones that tried tapping me up the most Chelsea tried tapping me up like 12, 14 times they'd be at most games I swear to God Um, Arsenal Tottenham West Ham um, yeah good times they played Bournemouth Portsmouth they were our biggest rivals obviously I mean but um, used to go down to the Dell I knew I met Alan Ball so I played in front of Alan Ball and Jeff Hurst so Jeff Hurst and that was like I'm not going to lie, when I first saw him, I, I'm like an encyclopedia of football, I love, I love all football, you know what I mean, like, you know, dating back many, many, many years, so just to see them two legends, like World Cup winning England, you know, legends, um, I got a little bit nervous, uh, but yeah, they soon went and um, I had a meeting with them afterwards, and uh, it was really cool actually, like I sat down with our manager and they, they complimented me and said I've done really well, I was like 14 at the time. And then, yeah, when I got when I was 15, I picked up a n- nasty injury. Jumped up too early for a header, came down in two of my players. It was in training, weren't even in the game. And um, it landed on top of my knee, and my kneecap was down here. Uh, and uh, I went like that, and it came up, my knee blew up. And I went for, like, six months of therapy. I had, like, water on the knee, was, like, taking it out. I was having this electric therapy and all that. But after six months, they said, listen, you're lucky to walk again, to walk again, let alone play football. So they let me go. And then, like, yeah, I had, like, 10, 15 clubs Come in for me within 24 hours and i chose wickham you know looking back i should have probably gone to chelsea but i i, I chose wickham should to get
0: recognized
4: now do you know what I, in, in civilian life away from work earlier on today i was at toyota getting my i get my cut my uh, my my uh tire changed and a fan recognized me and came up to me it was with his wife and kids yeah mexican fella yeah. and he came up to me and what he did said, he say uh, he just said uh, he said hey man he said i really appreciate your work big fan here and he just shook my hand nine times out of ten they just call you a legend they go oh man you're a legend they so they're watching yeah oh, yeah all the time male you know. and female or both? male, male mainly yeah. male yeah male yeah but they just know who i am you know yeah because i've been in so many scenes you know what i mean it's not hard to i
0: mean it's like yeah. what's like the the pinnacle in your industry is what, or,
4: do you mean? Or, what what would you would aspire, aspire for? Yeah, uh, I've already been there. Do yeah. you know what I mean I've already I've I've i I've, I've, I've won won awards. I've made, I've made money. Been in. It, what do you need? Do you know what I mean? Like I've I've had. I've, you know, I've done well. I've done well out of it. Sounds so, it. Can yeah. you ever not perform? Uh, you do have bad days at the office. Every we're all human. You know what I mean. But um, that's what they invented Viagra and Sireless for. Do you know what I mean? So you pop one of them bad boys and uh, you know what I mean, just thinking of money. Thank you for your time. Yeah, you're welcome.
5: Meeting more reds in San Diego. What's your name, where are you from? Uh, Keith Wales, originally from uh, Bromford, Essex. Yeah. Uh, Moved over to the US, came over in 79, Freddie Laker Airlines, 100 pounds return, whatever it was then, fell in love with it over here, came back in 1980, stayed. Went to see an Aztecs game and uh, George was playing, met him afterwards, which was great. Met him a few other times down at his bar, at Hermosa Beach, uh, Pesty's Bar. In fact, I was in there one day and Clyde Best was in there as well. So I had a picture by my car, I got the Man United number plate, I had George on one side and Clyde on the other. Uh, Just, you know, all the the time they come over here on the tour again, 2003-04, We went to a lot of games then, and 10-11, and that's pretty much, you know, I mean, I went back, back, as Tony was saying, went back to, we were in Barcelona, did that amazing week, you know, the last league game, the cup final, Newcastle, and then uh, flew out to, um, to, uh, over the bus, yeah, New Camp, and then um, went with uh, Ray Adler, who's a good friend of ours, and Les Millman, I knew them, big collector friends, whatever. Ray sadly, you know, is not doing too well at the moment. Hope he gets well soon. Um, But just, you know, loved it over here. Fell in love with it. Why did you move here? I'll tell you now, and I'll say this to everyone, 85% was the weather. Really, Just, you knew you could plan. In England, Monday to Friday, weekend, be down with rain, you know. Just literally the weather, without a doubt. And it was just, you know, just a lot of Brits over here. Uh, I had run the we had a football team out of Besties, Besties soccer team out there. Bobby Mac, Bobby it was George's when he first came over. Uh, they had an apartment and then they bought a the bar together. He spoke
0: at George's funeral, didn't he? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, big
5: time, yeah. And I remember um, after the um, cup final against Palace, the replay. We watched the original game, and Thursday night we watched the replay. We walked in the Besties bar. We were going every night after work there. The whole um, Crystal Palace team was in there, sitting at the bar, but walked in there. Became good friends with Tony Foster, Steve, Steve Grealish, Tony Foster. In fact, Foster gave me his shirt that he'd wore in the cup final. And then Chris Ramsey, the one that missed that, Sid, right at the end. and that, he was. Yeah. But they were all there, they were all good lads. And um, became friends with them. '82, 1982, uh, we saw United up in Seattle. Uh, became good friends with John Gidman. Yeah. And um, Giddy, Giddy, Giddy. come over with his uh, with his wife, and he would go out. We'd go out to Malibu. He loved going out there, having drinks and that. And Scott Lagarvey was with him. Yeah. And actually stayed around our house. Scott stayed around our house one night, and um, that that was fun times. But there was always teams coming over. It was yeah, it was great. We had a good oh god Giddy so, was a character. Giddy is still a character. Yeah. Isn't he? To, he's in Spain, isn't he? Is he yeah, he's, he's been, been
0: in a, Spain for twenty years. Wow. Well. And um, this chapter in my 80s book was one of the, <laughs> the yeah. best things I've ever written. And it yeah. wasn't down to me. It was down to John Gidman. Yeah. And uh, I had to ring him recently to tell him that Gordon McQueen had died. No, no, that was sad. Um, yeah, very... Pretty sad because John um, knew Gordon and yeah, just yeah, got told, could you ring the following people? So I rang him and uh, he was absolutely devastated because oh, yeah. he was good mates with him. But yeah. them two, my... My word! I can
5: imagine. <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah. I don't know how Manchester United won trophies with them <laughs> <two>. <laughs> The stories, the things
5: that they yeah. got to. Well, the last um, about the last four or five years, I've been um, I, I get my, I make pins for all the supporters clubs yeah. here in the U. I've made over seventy for all the various supporters clubs in the U.S. So I've done for some for Ukraine,
3: uh, India,
5: believe it or not. But um, yeah, and I always. Just
3: throwing your daughter for a minute
5: and um yeah they love it i mean i got collector badge collector friends all over the world and we always whenever i get them made for them i never charge them they just i just keep like 10 for myself or whatever and just exchange it with collector friends around the world whatever but uh love doing that i've got a huge collection program collection and everything as well did you go back but, to England at all not as much since my parents passed away not as much um as i say i was good friends with ray ray adler ray we used to stay at his hotel when he had his hotel um, so you're I touching
0: don't. on different characters here. Ray yeah. Adler is really well known as, as yeah. a collector. Leslie so. is Les, as well.
5: Yeah. Um,
0: just when you said Scotty, <laughs> sorry, Laker Airlines, one of the main lads who organised the tours in the 80s and early 90s was uh, Scotty Laker, and he got his nickname from the Bro- Freddie Laker. Oh, really? of Manchester, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's how my brain works. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that
5: was I the right shade
0: of pink, yeah. And, and so, you're getting Finally... It. <laughs> Mad um, the accents for airing on yeah. uh, around here. I mean, I've heard stronger Mancunian accents than I've heard in Manchester. Yeah, it, yeah it's some just, people
5: move away and their accent become, become well, more exaggerated. Say, right, I, I've been over nearly forty years, and yeah. I've still got. I mean, I still get. A, oh, you're from Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. You get that all the time, you know. Yeah. Just, you know, I guess I've got some twang for being over here this long. But um, no, I mean, it's you know. I would still got friends in England obviously you know goes to Casey friend's wedding or something like that but it's mainly we went for cup finals we oh my god that thing been <laughs> back for cup finals you know um cantan final chelsea final when it was pissing with rain that was amazing but um, just yeah without that as what you asked Tony the highlight low life my low life I'd say was 76 cup final I was at that one was but he offside uh, pardon was he offside uh, well it, I remember on the, way up in the terraces at Wembley and I thought, oh my God, we'll be back next year. And we did, and we beat Liverpool. So that was a, a you know, <laughs> wearing the old butcher coats, the white butcher coats and everything with all the names on it. But um, anyway. But, Fantastic. Yeah, love it over here. United
0: played Wrexham, lost against them, a more physical Wrexham, full of experienced pros. And it, the United side was full of, Promising names, but Wrexham's physicality and directness and effectiveness at free kicks really put paid to anything that United could do. I don't think United played particularly well, um, and the game turned when Dangor was sent off at the start of the second half. The young Manchester United captain, Nathan Bishop, the young Manchester United goalkeeper, was fortunate to stay on the pitch after a challenge with um, Paul Mullin, which looks to be a punctured lung. I spoke to uh, various people after the game and we spoke to Travis Pinion, the manager, so he saw value in the workout. I mean, these young players playing in front of 34,000 people. But there were a couple of side issues. Uh, Those fans paid a fortune for tickets. Too much, in my opinion, way too much for a team which wasn't uh, containing Manchester United's bigger names. So while it was a nice night with good weather, uh, I, I just something uh, felt very disingenuous about Manchester United uh, playing so many young players. Um, not that, but the cost of the tickets. Because as I put in United, we stand, and we've discussed on several podcasts, uh, the, the promoters use dynamic pricing, and the end result is that people are paying around one hundred and fifty dollars to watch a team which would be put out in the Papa John's Trophy. So that didn't sit right uh, with me. After the game in San Diego, where Manchester United are staying for most of this week, first team flew to Houston to play against Real Madrid. Third time in Houston, that big, huge stadium, which has got um, a roof, so you can have it climate controlled. I was there in... 10 and then 18, I think, when Manchester United beat Manchester City Uh, against Real Madrid. United were behind after a couple of minutes, down to 10 men because Kobe Manu had got sent off, which was not got sent off, he'd gone off injured, which was a real shame for him because he's done well pre-season and he deserved that start against those fantastic Real Madrid midfielders so he went off and Christian Eriksen came on for him but there were times where United couldn't land a punch on Madrid in in the middle even though United had a lot of possession uh, Madrid just looked far cuter and you can't say that Madrid are at a more advanced stage in their pre-season they're just not they just um, scored early a wonderful goal from Jude Bellingham and scored late a wonderful goal from Jostle 33 years old Espanyol last year, Alaves the year before. People thinking this is just an aging, declining striker, but he scored a lot of league goals last year. There's not many strikers can do that, as Manchester United uh, know as the team look, club look for a new striker. Erasmus Hoyland is the, the one who United want. I'm told that um, some of the reports saying that's all done are completely premature, but United feel that they're in a good position in terms of negotiating with the young Danish striker from Atalanta I spoke to one Italian contact who said he's a great player but I hope Manchester United don't pay too much for him because that will give one of our rivals a big advantage over us that was an interesting perspective Atalanta will suddenly become flush with money and a lot of big clubs in Italian football don't have any money at the moment so they're looking at loan signings as a way to fit in with financial fair play, etc. So the first team are now back in, in San Diego. They'll fly to Las Vegas for the final game of the American part of the tour. That's against Borussia Dortmund in a new stadium. I think it's an indoor stadium as well, or can be, in the center of Las Vegas. And better be, actually, given some of the temperatures there. There's temperatures well over 40 degrees on the way into Las Vegas. So even though the game's in the early evening, um, yeah, I'm pretty certain that it's indoor. There's a United fan convention as well in Las Vegas. So if you're going over, there's different options for tickets for that. You can go for the three days, just go for one day. Loads of former players are going to that. I'll be interviewing some of them on the on the Friday night in in Vegas. And did the same with Wes Brown in San Diego. Some of all the San Diego Reds, a really really good bunch of people, made us feel very very welcome there in in what is a, a beautiful city the eighth biggest city in the united states down by the by pacific so that was good and that's been a, a real high point of, of this tour and i stayed with billy garton the salford lad who played 51 times for united in the 1980s he's been out here for a long time when i put him in my 80s book he was a really popular chapter because he was so interesting and so honest and billy and his wife francine have, have made a wonderful life for them and the, their children, just north of San Diego. So it was lovely to spend time with them and to be made to feel so welcome. And Billy's not lost his Salford accent. Most of his close mates are from Salford. And when I put a picture of him onto social media, so many people got in touch and like, spoke well of him. You just don't often get that on Twitter. Twitter's usually hostile, aggressive. But a lot of people obviously like Billy Garton. And there's another thing I should say. Earlier in on, on this podcast, uh, the name uh, Ray Adler was mentioned. Uh, Ray, uh, unfortunately, has passed away since we recorded that. Um, Ray was a very well-respected figure in Manchester United's fan base and very close to people like Paddy Crerand. Ray had one of the best collections of Manchester United memorabilia. I would see him at games. He was always very friendly. And, and as Keith, one of his friends, said in the podcast, he's not been in the best of health. So we were very sorry to hear that about Ray and we send our condolences to Ray's friends and Ray's family. Until the next podcast from Las Vegas, goodbye.